All right, guys, welcome to the Zen Falls podcast. I'm sitting down with a special guest, a family physician. He was born in South Africa in the same place that Nelson Mandela was raised. He has a podcast. He's a fellow podcaster as well with the radio show Conversations for Connections. And you're going to learn a lot from Mzi T'Challa and his journey from South Africa to Canada. So I guess I just want to pass this over to you, Mzi. And you know, you're someone that when I first met, you, you seemed very unique and a lot of qualities about you that kind of made you an adventurous person that um, kind of journeyed through life. And uh, the thing that really struck me about you is how you stand out as opposed to most doctors I meet. And I was just curious to learn a little bit more about like your story, your journey, like what, how do you describe yourself? Okay, so, uh, thank you for having me, Jeremy. Um, the way I describe myself first is I am human, and that's where I operate from. I am human first, mm. and thing else just adds on that. So I'm human, and I am someone's son. I am a husband. I am a father. I am a physician, and and I always emphasize that being a physician is just a part of who I am. Uh, it does not define me, mm-hmm. and. So able to step out of that when I am not in that role and just be be human and and I enjoy connecting with people. One thing that I've seen moving countries is uh, you learn a lot from just talking to people, listening to their stories, and you should be willing to to connect with people and to have those conversations. That's how I define myself. So I guess, Mzi, like growing up in uh, South Africa, like I guess it's the Transgon, the same place as Nelson Mandela. Like, did you have dreams of becoming, you know, getting into podcasting or getting into becoming a doctor as opposed to a doctor in a whole different country, right? Like, like how did, what, what was your childhood like? What, what was your life growing up? So I had a very simple upbringing. I grew up in a village and believe it or not, we still have villages. And when I say a village, I mean a village. Very, it's not even a township. It's remote, uh, away from everything. Mm-hmm. You need to go buy groceries. You have to take. Uh, it's a it's a long ride to where the shops are. So it was a very simple uh, life that I lived. But I always had this um, this thing that I knew in my heart that that was not the end for me and my life was not defined by that. Mm-hmm. So I had bigger dreams and my dreams were never very clear. And that's what I love about, about my life. And it's something I treasure even now. I, I find joy in not knowing the details of everything. So I grew up knowing that um, one day I will do uh, things, I will do great things, I will, you know, I'll become someone better than than just um, staying where I was. So I had that knowing and and for us, education is is the ticket out and that's how we were raised, that if you want to make a difference, if you want to do something different for yourself with something that no one can take away from you, uh, be serious with education. Mm-hmm. Uh, so education was the was one thing that I knew will take me uh, or help me to achieve or to get or to attain my dreams. So, so growing up there, that's what I knew. I didn't have a clear definition of what I will become or a clear um, knowing that I will be a doctor, I will be living in Canada, or I will, I will do all the things that I'm doing. But I knew that there is something great in the future, and I'm working towards that. So that's how how I got into high school, and then things became clearer that I like one, two, three, four. And medicine was one of them. It was not the only thing that I applied for. Because I also believe that, you know, we have passions, we have dreams, and we can be many things. Mm-hmm. But it's 
because of time, you can only focus on so many. You, you can't get to do everything. But if you choose to be a doctor and that's, that's what, what was in your heart or that's what in, what's in your heart, you can be that. And I was always fascinated by, by radio growing up. And uh, growing up in the villages, is, um, radio was one of the easiest forms of media we had access to. TVs were not big. There were one or two people in the village that had TVs growing up. It's different now. When I go back... That's probably a good thing. Yes, <laughs> TVs, everything has progressed. So radio was one of the... It was just fascinating for me to have this person in this box, or this radio box, talking to us and bringing news, um, talking about things happening in the world that I didn't even know, mm. talking about day-to-day -day things, giving us weather and all that. So that fascinated me. And it told me that there is a world bigger than what I know. And that world not only defined by events or things that I didn't know. Also, when people have talk shows and they bring opinions about things that you never thought, you realize there's a bigger world there of mm. thinking differently, pe people approaching things differently, and you learn. So that was my biggest fascination about, about it. But I was kind of... I didn't know whether I would make a career of it or it's something that I'll eventually get to do in life. So I guess, Mzi, like, why did you, like, let's say, at, at what age did you leave the village and like, why did you want to leave the village? Like, were you scared about the future? Was it something in the village you didn't like? Like, wh what made you leave as opposed to a few people who may have stayed? So the, the, move, the, move, the move away from the village happens for most of us by default even if you 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 remain in south africa most of our jobs take us away from from the village of course you have teachers that work in the village you have people who work in the retail stores there well in our small towns you have doctors you have nurses but there can only be so much. So, for example, even education, to go to university. I, I went to Cape Town, which was about 12 hours away from my, from my home because there was only one university close by. But as well, because you dream so big and I wanted to explore the world out there, I chose to go to Cape Town for my studies and that was one of the adventures of life. So by default, most of the things take us away from the village. So it's more than just running away or, you know, it's just the opportunities are more, more available in the cities. That's just the reality. So I guess at this point you get to Cape Town, you get to university, what, what are you thinking at this point? Like, how do you go from university to getting into the, med the medical field? So, um, so I get to university and, and in South Africa, you go from grade 12 and then you go straight to medical school if you qualify. Mm -hmm. so, so I go from being this village boy to Cape Town, which is a busy and a buzzing city which was uh, a bit of a shock in a way, but I was very excited about it. And I remember thinking that, you know, there's something odd about me. People were talking about how homesick they were and all that the first three months or so. I was not. Yeah, I was right. exploring this new world. And uh, so the shock was there, but I was mentally ready for it. I was mentally open to, to experience whatever I experienced there. And one thing I loved about Cape Town, there was so much diversity. So I'm from Transkei and I speak Isakosa and South Africa is very big. It's got over 50 million people, I think now close to 60 million. And it's very diverse. You have um, 
11 official languages and you have just a lot of people in this country with very unique experiences. And being in Cape Town, for me, just opened my world to, to all those people. And I got to learn quite a lot from people from different walks of life. And it was very enriching. Mm. So it, I was very excited about going to Cape Town. And, and yeah, I just adjusted as I was, as going along over the years. So what would you say, like when you got to Cape Town and you're in that phase of your life, what would you say are the biggest things that you learned from going from growing up in the trans guy, in the trans guy to this big city? One of the things that I learned was, was there is, it was just that confirmation that there is something bigger than what I knew. And it's important to be open, open to learn, but as well know who you are. So one thing about me was uh, I was never ashamed of my background or of my experiences. And one thing that still helps me to this day is I am not ashamed to say I do not know. I do this at work. I I do this even when I when I deal with issues with patients in terms of they have this complex issue that you know I struggle to 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 solve or to have an answer I tell them you know I do not know now I will seek help and in Cape Town when I was in university that was one thing that helped me even with the English language of course we were taught English we as an in as a second language so I mean I'm a second language English speaker and I had these uh, friends who were first language speakers. And I told them that if I use a word wrongly or I don't, you know, I, I misunderstand whatever they say, they must tell me and teach me. And that grew me in terms of even my vocab, my, my um, English language. And so I was willing to learn, but I knew who I was. I was never ashamed of my background to say, you know, I'm from the village, I speak as a closer and I need to develop in this way. And the way to develop is for people to know that I am willing to learn. I will not be offended if you correct me. So, so the importance of knowing yourself and not be pressurized to try to fit in. So, so of course, when you get to a new place, you, you, you are ready to fit in and all that, but sometimes trying to fit in, you can compromise on who you are and end up, uh, you know, doing things that don't really align with who you are, with your vision and with your dreams. So for me, that helped me. I was open to learn, but I knew who I was and I knew that I want to achieve more than just being at university and have this experience. Being in university, being in Cape Town, is just a part in my journey. It does not find me as well. Oh, so, so I guess at, at this point in your journey, um, like how, where, where does becoming a doctor fit in? Like now from Cape Town, you get into medical school, like, and, and I guess it seems like you had like, uh, you were focused on that. You had a plan almost, like you could see the future a little bit, but so what happened then? Like what, <laughs> what happened when you got into, uh, into med medicine? So as I was, as I was grow, uh, like just continued at university, remember I said I went straight from, um, from Transkei to Cape Town and that was in medical school, but our medical school is six years. Mm -hmm. So over, over that time, you, you realize, for me, one of the biggest things, being in Cape Town, I, I told myself I am in medical school because I qualified to be here. So I had that sense of belonging, even though it was a new world. That was first. So I thought, oh, maybe it's just an academic achievement. And But over the years, you learned that this is actually very serious. You are dealing with people's lives and you're going to be responsible for a lot of decisions that you make. And, and that changes you. 
the way you you approach your work, the way you you approach life now. And I think that happened into, I think in my third or fourth year, I realized, man, this is serious because now we were, we were not just reading books, reading theory, we were having contacts with patients and you realized that this is serious. If someone, if I'm dealing with a patient who trusts me and I don't put an effort in knowing that um, it can be detrimental. So yeah, there's just, a lot of pressure on your shoulders. Yes. And it also gives you, it tells you that, you know what, just keep getting better now in mm-hmm. terms of getting the knowledge and being and training yourself or training yourself into applying the knowledge and because it's your responsibility you you have instruction from your lecturers but the responsibility to 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 acquire the knowledge and apply it is yours and you prove that in exams and all that mm-hmm. and so for me being in medical school just made me realize how serious really life is and the experiences that people have out there. And being a doctor is actually a privilege. You get to know people, people's stories and they are very private and intimate stories and they trust you and you have to really approach that in that mentality that it's an it's not a right it is a privilege and your part is to make sure that you you know and you maintain your knowledge and you will as much as people trust you you will give them what they expect from you so i guess from this point completing uh, medical school like where did you go next and and like how did you I guess like maybe your first day being being a, a, doc, a doctor, like what, what was that like stepping into the, those shoes? So it was very scary. Um, I remember one of our professors at the end of sixth year was that their responsibility as the university is to make sure that they release doctors into the community, doctors who are safe, doctors who are not uh, going who who will be trusted and uh, who have proved that they know what they do so even when you get that pass mark that now you qualify and you're a doctor it's quite it was very scary and it's a good it's a good uh, scary so to say because it keeps you on your toes you don't take things uh, for granted and uh, you just it it helps you to to just keep developing your skill. So I was scared because you're going into a new world. Now there is no lecturers or other people who are responsible for you. Of course, we went into internship, uh, which of course is still supervised practice, did two years of that. And then after the two years, you do community service just a year and then after that you go fully independent there's no supervision but even with that level of supervision in internship which is equal to residency according to the american um, standards it was very scary but you know you had to do it like going into university was scary but you were excited at the same time same thing when you on the first day Actually, first day, first week, you're just you just have waking up every day. Even though you are scared, you tell yourself, "I have to do this. I have to show up and trust that I know I've been trained and I've been qualified to be there." You know, it's a rigorous training, mm-hmm. and to to pass means that you qualify to be there. So that kind of helped me. Of so course, support as well from it. It helped that you don't just start alone. There were other people who were in the journey, and for me, that's actually life. Life we can face different things, but the, we are all journeying through life. You might have experienced things that I have not experienced, and if I am 
bold and and open enough to say, you know, Jeremy, I am starting this thing. I am, I am a bit scared. What do you think of it? It's the only time it, you can only tell me if I ask. So even starting work, it was so nice to have these people that we were all studying, studying this journey. And even though you are scared, it kind of gave you comfort that, you know, you are not alone. And if you get stuck, you will ask someone or you'll have someone uh, next to you who has the same experience and they might help you. Yeah, so I, I guess if someone's listening to this and maybe they're in your shoes in the past, they're like in medical school or about to start residency and they haven't essentially been a doctor yet, but they're, they're going to be one soon. What advice would you give them going back as someone who's an aspiring uh, doctor? So being a doctor, like any other profession, I think it rests in continued learning. You must continue to learn, work on your knowledge. And the more you know, the more confidence you will develop. And when I talk about confidence, I'm not talking about being full of yourself and looking down on other people, assuming that they don't know the stuff you know. It's, it's confidence that, that helps you you know, apply your skills or perform your role in a way that you know you can sleep at night. Because sometimes that's one big thing about medicine. You make all these decisions in a day. Like you see 20, 30 people in a day and they are complete, com all completely different problems and they are big decisions. And you make, uh, you make all these decisions and you go back home and you, unfortunately it's always in your mind. You say, okay, I saw patient number one and this was the issue and I told them to do this and they're gonna do well. And some are complex, you're like, okay, I didn't know what to do there. And I asked someone who is in, a, in that field or who knows better than me and I hope they know. So you, you develop in, med, in medicine, keep learning so that you develop that confidence that will help you when at the end of your day to sleep because you know that you've applied your knowledge and you've given it your best. Because if you lag and you, you don't do that, then you won't be confident that whatever you've, you've done or you've, whatever advice you've given to people, you won't be confident that uh, it was good enough and it's, it's just, it will just give you a, a lot of anxiety mm. and it's worth it. And don't be scared to, to be vulnerable with your colleagues, even with patients, as I was saying, that if you do not know, there's no shame in that. There's a big problem when you pretend like you know, like in any other profession. So be willing to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And not knowing at that time does not mean you are stupid or you are not good enough. And one of the things actually in medicine, they say uh, a doctor who knows everything is not, is not good because there's no one who knows everything. You must be willing to say, I do not know this part and I will go learn or go ask someone who knows. So... Mm -hmm. So that's one of the biggest things. So you work on your, on your craft, on your skill. You acquire knowledge because there's always new knowledge. And um, also you are willing to say you don't know when you reach a place where you do not know and be willing to seek for help. That's the biggest thing, seek for help. You know how to resuscitate people when you're doing a resuscitation, but you cannot resuscitate a person by yourself. Mm -hmm. You will need help, you will need nurses, you will need a resuscitation can easily take 10 people, easily. Even though you know everything, but you will need people. So seek for help. Even if you know when something is bigger than you, just ask for help. There is no, 
there's no shame in doing that. It's actually one of the biggest or one of the strengths that you can develop asking for help. 100%. Like I, I 100% agree with that, Nimzi. Because, uh, yeah, I feel like a doctor who is humble enough to say, like, oh, I don't know this, and then goes figure it out, like, goes and uh, like gets the knowledge to figure it out, like, you could really help a patient way more because when you come back, you have, like, the right knowledge. But if you're kind of, like, full of yourself and don't want to, like, you're kind of making it about yourself, right? Like, if the doctor is like, oh, I want to just say the answer, but they don't really know, you could hurt the patient, right? So... Mm-hmm. it just shows that there is a lot of responsibility on um, doctors and it's something that I think like I never really thought about that right? you think about going to the doctor and you don't really think like oh well like there's a lot of responsibility that this person carries in the world and and has on their shoulders so like I definitely commend you for that Lindsay. it's it's incredible and if I can add on that sometimes when people come to the doctor they get very intimidated And I always say it's my responsibility as a doctor to make sure that people are not intimidated when they come to see me. So when people are intimidated, they will not communicate their feelings. They will not communicate their their anxieties well because they are worried they will offend you as a doctor. But I always give people that platform that this is a very sacred relationship. And within a relationship, if the communication breaks down, then everything is open to go wrong. Mm -hmm. So if, and I use this every, almost every time I see, I meet new patients that, especially the ones that you're going to see ongoing in your practice, which might be different when you work in emergency room and all that. Because you develop this relationship and you work over years and I tell people if you feel like I didn't listen to you today or I didn't address what you came here for mm-hmm. please tell me because it it doesn't just help me to help you it will help all the other people that come after you and it helps me become a better doctor so if like sometimes I don't have a very good day. I have so many demands in a day and I might not be listening as well as I would like to. Mm-hmm. And that happens to every every doctor out there. But I give patients that platform that they must be willing to say, you know, today I didn't feel like you were listening to me. I didn't feel like you addressed what I came here for. And sometimes one of the biggest things being in a in a new, completely different country with a different culture, the soft skills, you know, you have to develop the soft skills. Mm-hmm. Sometimes what is a joke in South Africa is not a joke here. Yeah. And, and I tell people that if I say something and you find it doesn't sit well with you, tell me, because that helps me when I, when I, in, when I interact with someone or trying to, help the next patient that I will not repeat that, mm-hmm. you know? So I give people that platform. And if anyone is, is starting their career, I think that will help them to, to, to tell patients that, you know, this is a relationship. It's a, it's a, it's a very sacred relationship. I call it that way because you are given this huge privilege and, and, for me as a doctor, I must make sure that the person is free to communicate their worries, their expectations, and just their experiences without any intimidation. Mm-hmm. That's one other thing that I find is very helpful in my practice. Yeah, well, well actually, like not too long ago, like maybe, maybe like two years ago, actually, like I read a book about a uh, like like you brought up an example of like two families this is like he's i think in the united states but um like he said that some families when they go to like the doctor or the dentist they're mm-hmm. cautious and then because they're a little intimidated when they see like a doctor or dentist and they they don't want like to tell their kids oh don't say how you feel because i don't want to get like a big bill or i don't want it to be expensive or kind of like to, to hide it but then there's other families that are like oh when you go to the doctor if anything's wrong tell the doctor he's your friend like you can communicate with him right and 
it showed like uh, those the families that are like more like when they go into the doctor communicate anything how you feel they have like a, a higher like like better health because like when they go in and something's wrong they'll say it right they're, they're, they're not intimidated of the doctor so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and that's what we aim for you know it's, it's the more comfortable people are with you the more you will you will be able to help them mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so I guess from this point, Museo, like how, how did Canada get in the picture? Like this journey of going to a new place outside of uh, South Africa, like how, where, where did that even come from? Okay, so one of, there was just one thing happening in our thing in, in, our, in our medical school group, my class, which was the class of 2008. Uh, so we all had these big plans that, you know, we go do our internship and community service, the, the compulsory or mandatory three years you do after finishing med school. Um, so that was one of the biggest things that, okay, we'll finish that. And most people would go back to university and do um, special, uh, specialize on something that they like. Or some people would go and spend two years abroad and come back and do that. So that was generally the feel. And for me, coming to Canada was the, was, I was meant to be here for two years. That was the plan. And, but I did not know what I wanted to do after, after that, because I enjoyed everything I did. I enjoyed emergency medicine. I enjoyed working in PEDS. You know, you rotate through everything during your internship and you spend two months or eight weeks in each specialty. And I don't remember a specialty that I didn't like. And so I was, I had, I I just couldn't figure out what I wanted to do and in South Africa, we are trained all of us to be to be general practitioners by the time we finish medical school, and then you can choose where you wanna focus, what you want to focus on. And again, coming to Canada, yes, medicine was exciting, but then there was this whole new world, uh, experiencing a different culture, experiencing uh, just different people and you know Canada as well is very diverse with many people from different backgrounds and for me I think that was the biggest thing mm-hmm. that you know, there is so much to be explored and you know I had to make a decision whether do I stay here or is it something is it a place that I think I can I can live in longer and I decided that as well. Of course, there's a loss that comes with that. You, you know, you go back home, your little cousins grow up and you miss all that. And you don't get to spend as much time with your family as you would love to. But it's a decision that needed to be made. So for me, Canada was very, it became this beautiful experience. I loved how, you know, how everyone says Canadians are very polite. And it certainly is. You know, when I travel, I normally connect in Europe and then fly down to South Africa. And I always tell the story. Where if you sit next to a Canadian, they will they will start with small talk with you. They are just excited to connect with other people. I do not know why, but it's always been my experience. But sometimes, in most most of the time, I was so used to people just, you know, you sit in this eight-hour flight and no one talks to anyone. But most of the time, um, people who are willing to, to actually converse with you were Canadians. There's just something warm about them. So there's something cool about this country. Of course, it's not a perfect country. There's no perfect places, but they are just places where you feel like you can, 
you fit and you would love to to be part of that uh, in the long run. So Canada was just as a as just the society and as the the people it was just a beautiful experience, and I decided to stay. It, which was not my plan initially. Yeah, well, I love that. Like the thing that I find strikes me so unique about you is you can like step into new environments and you're just completely um, comfortable. You adapt, you can adapt to it. It's kind of like when you went from the village in the Transcloud to Cape Town. It was like you knew you knew at first it was a little bit tough, but eventually you're like, oh, this is, this is no problem. And then you go into medical school, oh, no problem. And then like here in Canada and now you have family, right? So it's, uh, I think that's something that is a lot of people I feel like struggle with. And one, one thing I wanted to ask you is how, how have you been able to go into new environments and just feel comfortable and, you know, really do very well in a new environment where someone might be intimidated or someone might be um, wanting to go back to how life used to be. Like, I guess the question is, like, what keeps you moving forward? I love that. I love that. That's such a good question, Jeremy. And you put it very well that, you know, the willingness to step into new environments. And for me, I, I say for me to learn anything new, I must experience something that I had never experienced you know, be it advice in life. I always say when you talk to people, it's like you're reading a new book. You get to experience like a new world that you've never been in. So going into new new environments and new situations, I think it's important to embrace that and think of it as more of a learning opportunity or it's just a step into something bigger. You don't know what it will bring and you will learn a lot and and maybe beyond that, you will be a better person, you know, in terms of the things you know, in how you look, you look in the world. So for me, I embrace every new uh, environment as an opportunity to learn and become a better person. And that helps me to, to not be intimidated and also knowing myself worth, knowing that I, I deserve to be there at that time. Mm-hmm. You know, no one is doing me a favor by being there. And that's how I relate with people, even with my friends. You know, the sense of belonging that, you know, no one is doing you a favor. You are there at, at that time because you are meant to be there. and you you want to use that opportunity to grow and to give a part of you as well you know we don't just take 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 you also give it's you know it's a two-way thing you get into a new place you give a part of you as you get to get this new experience as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah well I, I love that I love, I love how you frame that it's it's like when you step into a new place you're not only experiencing anything but you also kind of change the place a little bit with your contribution, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like when I think about a place like Canada and like even at the point you brought up about how like diverse it is here, like it, it's really unique actually because it's like all these people giving their unique experiences and then it creates like this kind of this world we have, right? So I think I never really looked at it like that, Mzee. Like <laughs> I like how you pictured that. But, um, yeah. But yeah, I guess like I just want to talk a little bit about one of your new experiences, which is um, conversations for connections. Um, can you chat a little bit about like what your mission is with with that? And um, yeah, just just curious about like what's the mission behind it, and, and why are you why are you talking about the topics you talk about? So for me, I've always loved people. I know. I believe everyone loves people in a certain way, mm-hmm. but I've always been excited by meeting people or spending time with people. And to a point that, you know, I had to really work on this, that I balance it because, you know, I would be so consumed by just spending time with people and sometimes at the detriment of other things. So you had, 
if something I loved, I had to adjust that. So conversations for connection. If you remember, I mentioned a bit about how how I was always fascinated by radio growing up. And it was the only media, really, we had access to, a form of media we had access to. And, and how I realized that, you know, there's a bigger world that people, you listen in a talk show, they discuss a topic that you thought you knew, and you hear all these views, and, and it changes you as well. So Conversations for Connection, I think, grows from there. I've always loved radio, always loved talking to people with the, with the knowing that, or just knowing that by talking to people, you can learn so much and it helps you develop and you can give a part of you as well in those conversations. And so all these years, I was thinking, how do I... I do that because I meet people at work, but it's, um, you know, doctor-patient relationship can only go so far. You know, you, you can't um, take it to any other, you know, other level. You can't talk about other things, you know, because it's a, you are licensed, you are given this privilege to address these issues and you don't want to step beyond uh, certain boundaries. So, and I spent years and just thinking how to do this. And the idea of, of a podcast came through, you know, I was like, you know, I can't work for radio at this moment. And, but I really want to talk to people. And the podcast uh, was, was, was really meant, so came to life so that I can have these conversations with people and talk about, um, about issues of life. And in, in my podcast, I call it uh, relational psychology. How most, most of my topics, are, they go along that in terms of how do we relate with people? How do we relate with the world around us? What will help us to be better people in relating with people around us, be it at work, be it at home, um, your spouse, your, your kids, how do you become a better person? Um, and, you, and talking to people, you get to hear about all these, these um, things. We spoke about persistence and you know, you, you, you did such, you gave us such a new perspective you, and I only heard that by talking to you. And I always had this idea and I did not know fully what it was, what persistence was. Mm -hmm. And being a persistent person helps you become better in your profession, become better in you in life and being able to keep your word, being able to attain your dream. So that was just an example from a conversation I had with you. So I have these conversations with people so that we can learn to become better people in, in the world that you are in, at, at work, at home. And those are the conversations that I'm having. Yeah, yeah well, I love that, Muzi. And I know, I know I have a few more questions for you, but one thing you mentioned was this, how conversations for connection is solving relational relationship psychology, right? And like why, I guess this, this is fascinating to me because like I, when I look at, for example, on YouTube or some things in, on the news or in society, like I feel like that is a big issue in the modern day, like how humans, some humans are struggling to relate with other humans. Some humans just don't understand the other side. Like why do you think it's such a, like why do you think it's hard for humans to relate to others? Or why, why do you think that's a big problem in the modern world? So relationships are a big part of a human experience and we were made, uh, we are wired for connection as human beings. And if we take that as we go about our day, as we go to work, that, you know, we, we were made to connect and the person that I come to contact with, I do not know their experiences I don't know what it took them to be where they are at that time. Mm -hmm. 
and they have a unique experience. And the only way you can know is put away all prejudices or things that you think you know and be willing to listen and be willing to learn. So listening means you you keep your mouth shut, you keep your, your ears open. And even if you think you want to add from what to what the person is saying, you know there's time for that. But listening helps you hear the person and and actually takes you down their road and you experience it better. So in the world now, one of the biggest things that I see is there's a lot of prejudice. And I think just as part of human experience, it's something that has always been with us. But now there are ways we learn that, you know, there are better ways of approaching things without prejudice. You listen, we talk about emotional intelligence. We talk about conflict management. You know, we talk about empathy. You know, those are things I am passionate to talk about. If you are empathetic, you will not bully people. If you are empathetic, you will not abuse people. You will be willing to step into their shoes, even if for a moment, and relate to their story and, and actually acknowledge their feelings as well. Sometimes we take our experiences and we disqualify anything that is not, does not align with our experiences. And that's just not how life is. So I feel in the world now we can, we can solve a lot of our problems by listening and by being open, you know, knowing that you do not know everything and also embrace that people approach life differently and that's fine and that's what makes life beautiful mm. we must listen and be empathetic and you know have all those skills of of emotional intelligence like self-awareness be aware of yourself how how do you how do you behave when you are stressed when you're frustrated when you are in a new environment what do, you, what do you do? And be aware of your social surroundings that you know when I step into this place, I might come with certain expectations or certain prejudices, but you know, these are new people. This, this is a whole different circumstance here or a whole different setting. And I should just shut off everything that I think I know and really give the experience. Even if you go to a new country, you go to, you're starting a new job, just be willing to learn, be willing to listen and go with that experience with knowing who you are. Yes, do not lose who you are, be aware of who you are and be willing to also give that to other people. And for me, I feel like we can solve a lot of problems by willing to connect with people and listen to them. And it doesn't mean we have to agree about everything, but we can disagree and still respect each other. And we can still disagree and be able to work together, you know, as long it just shows us that we are thinking, we, you, we are approaching life with you know, the way that we think is right at that time, but willing to learn is you, you acknowledge that what you know now is not, is not all, you know? Mm. You know what you know right now, but you are willing to learn and become a better person. Mm. Yeah, well, that, that's why I think your podcast is really unique because it is like relationship psychology and, and that issue, it is a huge issue. And I think what you offer the world is that you're kind of, contributing to solving that right that it reminds me of this quote that i love it's actually from like nipsey hustle he was like a rapper but he said uh the reasonable man um adapts himself to the world so like if the world is wrong like he'll change himself just to fit the world but the unreasonable man will adapt the world to himself so like and Mm. and so the, the saying is that all progress is made on the unreasonable man for example like nelson mandela like like he was unreasonable in a lot of senses even though the world had a lot of issues at that time but because of them the world changed (laughs) right so so 
that see it's stuff like that that i think is there is a like it's important it's important to contribute in that way and and yeah i, I guess like all the listeners here like where we can people find out about more about you mz and your your podcast and kind of to learn more about um, this issue and how to solve it and how to be better people in general. My podcast is on all uh, the podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean. So almost, almost all the big ones. Oh, Amazon Music. And uh, also I'm on Facebook, Conversations for Connection and Instagram. Uh, I do post on Twitter, but I am not big there. I'm working on that. And I'm also working on um, developing a channel on YouTube. So, but at the moment we are on Facebook, Instagram and the podcast platforms. Awesome. And, and I'll have the LinkedIn list, or I just not, not, sorry, not LinkedIn, but Instagram and the podcast platforms listed below. Mm-hmm. And, and really what we would do on, on Facebook and Instagram was just snippets from our conversations. And if you think you like what you hear, then you click and you go to the podcast platform and listen to the episode. We try to keep it, um, uh, nice and short. Uh, of course, sometimes some topics, you know, are bigger than than others, and yeah, we try to be straight to the point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, was, yeah. I just want to thank you for coming on. And like this one has been, I've learned a lot in this one. Just like with your approach to seeing the world um, from a medical perspective, from conversations with connections that how that issue that you're solving and you're helping. And just from your outlook on on life, like that adventurous spirit of stepping into new environments, um, yeah, it's, it's it's really amazing, and I think it makes you just a really unique person in the world. And um, I guess maybe like for my last question, if if the world, if everyone in the world could hear a message from you, let's say it was like on a billboard or it was like through their eye, their their headphones, they could just hear one message from you. Um, what would that message be today? My message to the world would be, you are enough and you belong. And the world is bigger than what you know, be willing to learn, but know that you are enough and wherever you are, you belong. But your responsibility is to pay attention and listen and be willing to discover things bigger than what you know. And there you have it, guys. Muzi T'Challa.